Welcome to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. To get free mentoring services, as well as to see the wide variety of resources available for small businesses, visit our website at www.score.org or call 1-800-634-0245. And now, here's your host, Dennis Zink. Episode number 29, Office Equipment. Fred Dunnier joins me today in our studio as co-host, score mentor, co-guest today, and our audio engineer. Good morning, Fred. Good morning, Dennis. Our guest today is Tom Monska. Tom, welcome to Been There, Done That. Glad to be here. Tom Monska is the product manager for Inkjet Group for Brother International for two years. Fred Dunnier started his career as a software developer for accounting systems on many computers. He implemented accounting systems for small businesses when personal computers first became available. His last job was Director of Software Applications and Databases for Sarasota County Government, where he was responsible for the software on approximately 2,500 computers. He has been a SCORE mentor for five years. Fred, if you're starting a new business, what kind of technology do you really need? Well, that's a, that's a broad question because technology can consist of everything from, from automatic door locks to point-of-sale systems. So I think it's helpful to start out by thinking about what technology is in a small business, and it basically serves two purposes. One is data processing, for example, uh, recording accounting records, keeping track of inventory, that sort of thing. And the other is communications, communications with your customers, communications with your vendors, and internal communications with your employees. So the need for technology covers a lot of territory. And as far as what computer equipment you actually need, it depends on the type and the size of business. Uh, we're not going to talk about really large businesses here because it's a, it's a major topic that could certainly deserve not only its own podcast, but its own day. Uh, so we're going to talk about what's typically called SOHO, or small office and home office, anywhere from maybe one to uh, a half a dozen to a dozen employees. The first question people always ask is what kind of computer I should buy. And it really depends on the type of business. If you're a professional and you're doing a lot of word processing and you're doing some basic accounting, that, that's one thing. If you're doing manufacturing, that might be a different case. But in general, there's, there's three different kinds of computers you can look at. One is the traditional desktop. Uh, the second is a laptop. And the third would be a tablet. Tablets aren't really ready for prime time as far as running businesses are concerned. That may change in the next couple of years, but typical tablet operating systems are not oriented towards running businesses. Uh, there is an exception to that, something called a Chromebook, which is sort of a tablet on steroids uh, that runs an operating system called Chrome that is meant to do that, but there's some special issues with that, and we can talk about that in a minute. Uh, laptops have been replacing desktops quite a bit. Uh, the speeds are, are almost the same as desktops. You don't have quite as much capacity, typically, uh, and quite as much performance. But computers can, uh, you can run a business on a, on a laptop. Typically, though, you're still going to use a desktop for at least one of the computers in your office simply because of the connectivity options, the ability to beef it up, and the ability to put a lot of software and data on it. As you get bigger, you might want to be able to put in a local area network, you might already have a local area network at home just for you and your kids and, and whoever's using a computer. 
and then uh, some sort of network-attached storage uh, called a NAS. And a NAS is a, basically a server that has disk drives in it and some special software that allows you to share data between multiple computers, and you can say who has access to which data and uh, who doesn't. So as far as the basic computer is concerned, what you have at home, if you have a good-sized computer at home, it's probably going to do the job if you're just doing basic office work. Uh, it's when you get into uh, more complex things that you need to beef it up and get more. And of course, the other thing you need, you need a telephone. A telephone system is another subject that can have its own podcast. And so we won't get too far into that, but you typically need a good telephone system. And then third, and the thing that Tom's going to talk a bit about, is your printer. And the term printer, I think, is obsolete because these devices do a lot more than printing, and they do a lot more important things than printing. So, so we'll get into that in a few minutes. The, the other question people get into when you're starting a business, let's say you have the computer, or you can buy the computer, is what kind of software you need. Uh, and there's, there's basically uh, five basic pieces of software that you need, depending again on the business, but this is typical for, for most businesses. The first thing is some basic accounting software. The 800-pound the gorilla in the room is QuickBooks. Most accountants are familiar with it. You can get training in it from all over the place. There's consultants. And QuickBooks is, is really popular. There are other packages, though, and I wouldn't want to rule them out. But it is the 800-pound gorilla. Another thing you might need is a basic word processing. Windows computers and, and Mac computers come with some word processing software on them, but the gold standard there is Microsoft Office. Their product Word and Excel, and maybe you do presentations, PowerPoint. Those packages are all very useful uh, for people that are in a business that, that needs those things. Obviously, if you're a, a hairdresser or something, you may not need that. But then again, you might, you might still want something like that. The third one is contact management. That's where you record uh, information regarding customers, uh, maybe even suppliers and, and other people. And the idea there is to be able to track your contacts. If you're a hairdresser, you may want to use something like contact management to record appointments, to keep track of information about what you do for these customers. And it's a great marketing tool. You know, when you go into a business and you see a sign-up sheet, list your email, and we'll send you information about specials and that sort of thing, all that information goes into a, a contact management system. Something else you'll want is antivirus, and that's for personal or business. Because if, you know, you don't want to get infected with a virus, they could wipe out your data and put you in a bad situation having lost all the work you've done. And related to that is backup software. Uh, you can back up onto a separate disk. If you have a network-attached storage, you can have uh, a backup disk attached to that, or you can even have redundancy of copies of disks inside that unit. Uh, you can use subscriptions. You can get those things backed up so that, so that you lose the risk of losing all of your data. And then finally, uh, software that's special to your business. If you're a manufacturer, you may need uh, manufacturing software that, that tracks your work and process and your inventory and, and your finished goods and that sort of thing. If you're a retailer, you might need a point-of-sale system. And the place to find out about that is typically something like either trade associations or trade publications. There'll be ads in the back for software that'll do all kinds of things. But the whole main point of all this is that you want to be able to work on your business instead of in your business. The whole point of all these computers 
is to improve your productivity in your business so that you don't have to spend as much time doing drudge work as you spend doing the things that your business needs to have done. How can you use this technology to grow your business? Well, as I mentioned in marketing, contact management software is really good for being able to track your customers. And knowing your customers is probably the most important thing. Uh, the other thing you can do is financial analysis. For example, in the restaurant industry, there's a certain ratio of food costs to sale price. And if you don't do financial analysis, which is much easier to do with a computer, you may not know what those costs are. So to, to maintain your profitability, you want to be able to use that information that's stored in that computer to, to help you uh, manage your costs and therefore stay profitable. Tom, uh, I understand that Brother has a, a long history with, uh, with facsimile and uh, as it relates to plain paper. Is that correct? Uh, that's right. Uh, it goes back to Brother was one of the companies that was instrumental in putting plain paper fax machines on the market. And believe it or not, to this day, it's actually still part of our product portfolio. And we do offer uh, standalone fax machines. And as Fred alluded to before, we do also offer standalone printers. What's becoming more and more popular now is integrating everything into an all-in-one. The idea being that there still is a need for standalone fax, printing, or certain other capabilities such as scanning. But to have all of this functionality in one device is, is really one of the, the driving forces in the market. And what I'd like to do is speak a little bit about what are the purchase drivers in order to select the appropriate machine for your business. A lot of uh, small businesses may start out with using a home-based machine, and then they find out that eventually their needs outgrow the potential that that machine offers. And one way to look at it is as print volume increases, usually that's the determining factor of a need to step up to a more business-capable machine. And a good reference point and a good way to measure print volume is to think about ream of paper. So a ream of paper is 500 sheets, and then that's a good baseline for your usage. So, for example, one ream of paper per month means 500 sheets of print volume per month. And what we can also do is look at different categories of technology. So once uh, a business owner identifies the need to step up to more of a business-grade machine, let's say there's a need for the all-in-one that offers print, copy, scan, and fax functionality, then there's the choice of inkjet versus laser. And on the inkjet side, we can go into a little bit more detail. As a quick summary, inkjets are great for, I would say, small to medium level business volume. So that one ream of paper per month or 500 sheets per month, that could be a good reference point for uh, a good fit for an inkjet model. When we look at laser machines, laser is a different technology. These are designed for higher volumes. And lasers are offered as single function or as we mentioned, the multifunction machines that offer print, copy, scan, and fax. When we look at laser, what they offer is the ability to print higher volume. That's one of their big advantages. And also the speed and they can provide cost savings as the volume increases. So in the long run, when we look at total cost analysis of the machine, which is the overall cost of owning the device, hardware, plus the supplies that are needed to run the machine. When we go into a higher volume, the laser could be a great fit 
because it's specifically designed to address the needs of that business user. Whereas on the more small to medium size of business usage, the inkjet product could be a great fit. Tom, what do you think the difference is in price for uh, on a cost per page basis for uh, inkjet versus laser? The difference there would depend on mono, which is black and white printing versus color printing. So on the inkjet side, printing can be as low as a penny per page for mono printing, or it could be as low as five cents per page on color. And color means all-inclusive. It means color plus black. On uh, laser cost per page, typically uh, laser can cost more when we go into color printing. Uh, the quality of business documents, if, if that's critical to your business and you need to reproduce documents with the best possible quality available, laser using a different technology, it produces very crisp text, very sharp graphics, so mixed business documents. It could cost a little bit more when you step up to the color laser, but it could be worthwhile in terms of the impact on your business. I can't imagine doing without a multifunction machine. I mean, I can't have a fax machine and a copier and a scanner, and I used to have all these things, and they take up different different footprints, takes up a lot of room in your office. So to, to have it all combined in one is wonderful. Now, copy paper is really not a lot of money today, even still. But really, where the, where the cost seems to come in, if you have color, and all the ink cartridges, and they seem to have gotten smaller over the years and more plentiful. Like I think there's six now instead of like four, and uh, the costs have gone up. Is there what's the best way to handle that from uh, a small business owner to to get those supplies? That's a great question. So one of the concerns in upgrading would be one is make sure that the print volume is uh, matching your needs for your business. So you want to make sure that the machine is capable of. Um, running the the volume. As we mentioned, you can reference reams of paper. Uh, the other one is cost. So how can you reduce cost? Uh, when we look at the total cost of ownership, one part of the equation would be the hardware cost, which is acquiring the machine. In this case, we use an example of the all-in-one. And then the uh, larger aspect of the cost would be the supplies down the road. So for the duration of ownership of that machine, uh, what's going to cost to replenish supplies uh, throughout the life of that machine. So there's a couple ways of doing this. Uh, one way is to look for high-yield inks or a high-yield toner in the case of laser. Uh, high-yield will provide you with significant cost savings, especially as someone who's printing higher volume. These will give you several advantages. One is additional to the lower cost per page. You'll have less frequent replacement of either the cartridge or the toner. And then also for uh, best reproducibility and best quality, um, especially when you're dealing with critical business documents, genuine supplies, they ensure compatibility with the machine and they ensure the best possible performance from that device. It seems like, you know, just like you use the throwaway razors, you know, you, you get the, the razors, not expensive, but you spend a lot on the blades. It seems like today the, the cost of a good multifunction machine is really not that much considering what it does. It's just like almost magic that it can do all these things. Tom, when I go into Staples, uh, I know sometimes they'd have a thing. We bring your old cartridges in and we'll give you $2 off uh, your new cartridge purchases, whatever. What do they do with those? Do they recycle them? I believe they do have a recycling program, and uh, I, I think it's it's part of an initiative. Uh, one, it's to make sure that uh, the cartridges are properly disposed of so that they don't end up in the landfill. So from an ecological 
footprint standpoint, it's it's a great position for the company that they've taken up the effort to do that. And uh, and then Staples, um, they offer multiple options for renewing, uh, let's say, subscriptions or pay-as-you-go cartridges. And what that means is that uh, with, for example, ink cartridges with an inkjet machine, when it runs out, you can go to the store, you can go online, and you can purchase the cartridge as needed. Another way of doing it is uh, some companies are offering subscription plans, which means that uh, either you get sent cartridges at a regular interval, meaning that based on your print volume, uh, there's an estimated time frame for which you'll be running out of your the ink in your current cartridges and the new ones will arrive. Another way of doing the subscription plan is that the machine will actually monitor the amount of ink that's in the cartridge. And when the ink runs low and it's it's getting close to that point where it needs to be reordered, uh, it'll automatically take care of everything in the background and the cartridge will be reordered, it'll arrive at your doorstep, and then by the time you run out and it gives you the message on the machine to replace the cartridge, you'll have your replenished supplies. That's uh, that would be great for us. We our score office ran out of ink last year, and uh, because we were on a we were on a lease program for this, and they had not brought us a new cartridge yet, and it took a couple of days for that to happen. So something along those lines would be great. And I've noticed sometimes I get a cartridge low ink, you know, low toner, light or something, and I order a new cartridge, but then I put it on the shelf until I use the existing one, and I can usually get a couple months, based on my usage, out of the current one. So it really isn't that low. I guess what percentage do they normally come on typically to uh, alert you to reorder? It varies by manufacturer. It, it's usually more on the conservative side, just to give you a notice for uh, the business user or the person that runs out to the store to make sure that it's not cutting it off uh, at the last moment. But like you said, depending on your usage, if you're a lower volume user, you, you may still get quite a bit of life out of it and you'll find that that new cartridge or that new toner is on the shelf for a while. Um, but typically there, there's, there's definitely some safety factor built in there. And the whole idea is to make sure that you don't run into that situation where you run out and, and then basically you're left high and dry. We recently had a focus group and we spoke with some users and their biggest pain point was what happens if I need to get a really critical document printed out and my machine runs out of ink. And we asked them just to express emotions. And it's, it's extreme. It's, it's anger. It's very high level of frustration. And the idea is that you really need these devices to be there when you need them. So they're, they're your workhorses. They help you get whatever you need done in your business. They're in the background, and as long as they're functioning properly, then your your business is running smoothly. And that day that you run out of ink or that day that there's a hiccup on the machine, it, it's really a major pain point for the user, and it really brings out a lot of emotion because this is now an, an additional stumbling block, and we know that a business user is already they have their hands full with running their business. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I always like to have that extra cartridge on the shelf because – when you run out and you're in the middle of something, you can't go. You don't want to go run into the store, and you're not sure if they're going to have what you need. And absolutely, I couldn't agree more. Another question I have: When you buy um, a new product, a lot of times they'll try to send you this, you know, uh, extra warranty 
service for another year or two or whatever. Nothing seems to go wrong with these machines, really. I So I never buy them. Do, do you have a comment on that? Uh, I would look at it from first the standpoint of what is the standard warranty, because there there are different levels of warranty on business machines. Uh, for example, is it a one-year or, or maybe it's even a two-year warranty? And then if you have a machine that has a two-year warranty, um, then the question would be the duration of ownership for that type of machine. So if you plan to hold the machine for, let's say, two to three years, then um, maybe the standard two-year warranty is sufficient. And as you said, these are designed as workhorses. So in general, th there's not a lot that is intended to go wrong with them. And then on the other side, if um, any downtime in the event something would go wrong is uh, very detrimental to your business, as I imagine it could be, and the machine that you purchased has a warranty that's maybe only one year and you expect to hold the machine for three years, uh, maybe just for the peace of mind aspect that it would be in your best benefit to at least consider the warranty and see what the options are available. Given the uh, price of the printer, sometimes it might be warranted to have a second one. It's amazing how, as, as Dennis mentioned, how inexpensive these machines are for what they do, and to have a second one is not an onerous expense. Notice that uh, some of the so-called all-in-ones don't actually include fax capability anymore. I, I guess what they're thinking is that you would scan an email as opposed to directly fax. Do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a good observation. There are some machines that uh, offer print, copy, and scan. And the idea there is that fax is not being used as much as it was in the past, but there are still some industries that require fax. And for those industries, the, the foreign one is essential. For those that don't really require the fax or don't see themselves using it, scanning is replacing, uh, in a lot of ways, faxing for many companies. And for that reason, since uh, some users will never have the need for fax, uh, the three-in-one is available to service that market. But we still do see a need that there is the requirement for fax machines, um, as mentioned, be because of certain industries and their requirements. But I think the, the options are there. So whether it's a four-in-one, whether it's the three-in-one without the fax, or whether it's just a standalone printer, I think the good news for the user is that whichever one fits into your your needs category, uh, the option is available to you. Tom, I've noticed that myself personally, I scan way more than I fax, and that percentage has increased uh, dramatically over the last 10 years. So now I almost always scan unless someone really requires a fax, and then I they have these free fax services that, because I don't even have a phone line at home anymore, it's just my cell. But you can get these free services that you can fax a couple pages and they don't charge unless you do a lot of pages. And um, so it just, you know, I, I just don't need it to fax anymore unless someone requires it. Can you comment on the trends of scanning versus faxing? Is it like 90% of the time or even higher than that? I'm just kind of curious. Yeah, I, I think the percentage is very high for users outside of those industries that still do require fax. Once you step outside of that, I think there there are some advantages. Um, for example, it, it could be the re reproducibility uh, of the document itself. Uh, so scanning might give you um, the quality that you're looking for. Secondly is the format. So keeping things in digital format as we transition to that 
uh, phase of sharing and collaborating and exchanging documents in a, in a digital format, I think it just, that makes a lot of sense that that's an extension of uh, the way we operate in the office. I use a program called Evernote, and most of the paper that comes into my office gets scanned, and often there's a piece of software, either from Evernote or from the printer manufacturer, that will do the linking, put the scan in a particular directory where Evernote can pick it up and store it away and, and keep it so that you don't have to keep so many paper files anymore. That's right. And with, uh, with cloud services, uh, Ever Evernote's a great example. What all-in-ones are, are offering, in addition to the multifunction capability, is uh, cloud services or, or cloud computing. And what that means is that essentially a cloud service uh, offers data storage in an off-site location. And what a lot of the new uh, MFCs, the all-in-ones, what they allow you to do is to access your cloud service directly from the machine. So in the case of uh, Evernote, for example, so Evernote is for note-taking and archiving and collaboration and sharing. So this could be accessed directly from the machine touchscreen where it's linked to the account. And without a computer, you can actually scan documents to your Evernote account. And it'll link up so that it has a username. It'll require you usually to do a registration once to identify that you are the user and this is your account. And then once that's set up, that'll then be logged in your machine and you'll have a shortcut so that you can easily access that service. Uh, other examples would be Google Drive or Dropbox. So these are for storing files. These are, again, cloud services where you can store documents, photos, videos. Um, these can also be accessed directly from the all-in-one machine. And the touchscreen device, which now more and more so they're emulating smartphone interfaces, which provide you very vibrant color interfaces, uh, very good color reproduction, and usually in uh, a large enough size that it, it's very easy actually now to not need a computer or a laptop anymore and to access these services directly from the machine interface. Tom, what do you see as, uh, you know, if I could ask you to look in your crystal ball and predict what you see coming down the pike as long as it's not trade secrets that you can reveal, uh, can't reveal. Uh, what do you see as uh, happening down the future with technology in this area? I think this is going to keep expanding. More services are going to be integrated. Uh, so this is uh, something that is not, uh, let's say, a passing trend. I think, if anything, there'll be more and more seamless integration where the machine is not separate from, let's say, other aspects of the way you do business. So it should be integrated in, in every way, whatever service you use, whatever kind of access you need. Uh, I don't think it's going to be stepping away from the machine anymore. I think the machine will actually have that available. Uh, something else that will be offered is, for example, free cloud apps. Brother, for, uh, as an example, we offer uh, cloud apps that they capture and convert documents directly from the machine. And what that means is that if you have a document that you scan, um, we have one feature called Scan to Office. This will then scan that document into a Microsoft Office format, such as Word, Excel, or PowerPoint. And it then becomes a native document in that format. So meaning that instead of standard optical character recognition where it identifies text, but maybe images can't be manipulated, this will scan the document, uh, send it to the cloud where it does the processing and converts it into an office format 
that you choose. Uh, so once you select the Word, Excel, or PowerPoint format that you want it to be transferred into, um, at that point you'll have the document as if you had created it actually natively within that application. Boy, does that sound neat. Yeah, that, that does sound good. Uh, Tom, is there anything that we didn't cover in the course of this discussion that, that you'd like to mention? Mobile device is a big thing. And um, I know you mentioned it, Fred, so in terms of capability. And agree that tablets uh, maybe aren't up to speed yet regarding full business usage and replacing laptops and computers. But what we do see is that sharing of the device. So a business machine may also be used um, in the case of, let's say, a home office. It may be shared by the entire household. So in that case, mobile device compatibility and printing from either tablets or smartphones, uh, that becomes a really big issue. And essentially what that means is that you can print wirelessly from your tablet or your mobile phone directly to the machine. And some applications would even support scanning to the device, so not just printing. Examples of commonly used mobile printing solutions, the two most popular are AirPrint and Google Cloud Print. So AirPrint would be for Apple products and Google Cloud Print would be for Android products. Another thing that can be very helpful, and this is great for a wireless connection, is something called Wi-Fi Direct. So Wi-Fi Direct is a standard that allows you to communicate between two devices without requiring a wireless router. So that means that you can print directly, let's say, from your smartphone to your all-in-one device without going by way of uh, a wireless router in the household or in the business environment. And, and these two devices will just communicate wirelessly directly with each other. And then two more things to wrap up the, the mobile segment. Manufacturer apps are becoming something big. They're playing an important role in mobile device printing. Typically what they offer is, is something unique. For example, a standard application will give you printing capability. And a manufacturer's app may give you the, uh, the ability to scan or uh, the capability to check the ink level status from your machine. So it'll have some built-in functionality, some, some additional features that maybe uh, a standard printing application won't support. And then lastly on that, the, the two last things, uh, NFC. Uh, this is something that is available on select machines. NFC is... Uh, a standard that allows you to do direct printing or scanning from a mobile device. And the reason this is a, it's a neat feature. What you can do is, for example, if you have visitors to your office or to your area, you would like to give them access to either print or scan to your device uh, without logging onto your wireless network or without entering any login credentials. It's actually called a touch to connect technology. So that means you can bring your mobile device close to the, the all-in-one, and it'll have a certain designated section on the device where the NFC symbol is located. And once you bring those two close together, the printing actually initiates. So it's as simple as that, is you can literally walk up to the device, um, not have to log into any wireless networks, and then have very convenient and quick access to printing your document right on that device. Tom, what, uh, what's the time frame for some of this technology like that NFC and the Wi-Fi Direct? That sounds really cool. NFC and Wi-Fi Direct are currently available. Uh, Wi-Fi Direct is becoming more popular where it's more of a standard feature now in many models, especially in the business segment. 
NFC is something that is becoming more popular as well, but this is typically available on select models in the market right now. I can see that being very valuable in like business centers and hotels where people come in there with their phones and they need to get a document out. And all they have to do is put their phone next to the printer and be able to print that document. That That's a great example. Uh, we, we use that a lot when uh, we discuss NFC and, and say that even if you're staying at a hotel and you do already have your, your wireless credentials entered and you've been accessing wireless for your overnight stay, uh, let's say somebody picks you up and you're on your way to a meeting. Um, so the person that is picking you up may want to run into the business center and quickly print something out that needs to be in hard copy format for your meeting. So that would be a great example of uh, they have the document on their device. Um, it's a last minute thing or uh, let's say it's something that needs to be done quickly. Um, it's a very convenient, very easy way to run up to the device. Uh, basically just touch the two. Um, and once that happens, you'll have initiation, you can connect, and you're off and running with your document. Fred, is there one more thing that you'd like our listeners to uh, take away from this? We've talked about cost a bit over the course of this conversation, and we know that computers can be gotten pretty inexpensively. Uh, these multifunction devices and printers can be gotten relatively inexpensively. The software can still be pretty pricey. I talked about you know five different kinds of software that, that you might need. And one thing I wanted to mention was that most of these software packages can be purchased as subscriptions, and you can get them as online services, and you don't necessarily need to buy the software. QuickBooks has an online service. Microsoft has an online service. Same thing with, with contact management software. They're typically about 100 bucks a year per package. And if you're trying to minimize your startup expenses, you can uh, often use these online services to accomplish these same things. And I mentioned earlier about the uh, Chromebooks, and they don't even have local storage, so they require you to use these kind of services. So again, in order to minimize expenses, you might look into uh, subscriptions, online subscriptions for these software packages. Tom and Fred, thank you for being our guests today on Been There, Done That and enlightening our listeners on office equipment. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you, Dennis. You've been listening to the SCORE Small Business Success Podcast, Been There, Done That. The opinions of the hosts and guests are theirs and do not necessarily reflect those of SCORE. If you would like to hear more podcasts, get a free mentor, view a transcript of this podcast, or would like more information about the services we provide, you can call SCORE at 800-634-0245 or visit our website at www.score.org. Again, that's 800-634-0245 or visit the website at www.score.org.